This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You've seen Raiders, Star Wars, Aliens, and Close Encounters. But you are about to experience a totally new dimension in entertainment. Forged from the wealth of kings, source of the magical powers of good and evil, unleashed in the hands of a madman. Now, five daring heroes defy the odds in a deadly quest to capture the greatest prize of them all. Go for it. Treasure of the Four Crowns. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special feature presentation from the worst idea of all time. My name is Tim. Yep. He's not wrong, everyone. And my name is Guy Montgomery. I literally don't know the name of the film. We just The movie is called Treasure. Treasure. Of the Four Crowns. It is a 1983 action adventure film directed by Ferdinando Baldi. Now, we watched this by request of Alice. Of one person and one person <laughs> only. Just one person. Alice helped us um, with some good intel on the Emmanuel That's series right. of at films the, at before. The outset of this adventure. Before we started. And as penance, we promised to watch a film of... We said, how can we ever repay you, Alice? She said, I have one payment option, and that is you need to watch this film, which I, I believe she said at the time was like one of the childhood favourites of hers. This was like a big I, movie uh, when she was a kid. That is incredibly her. interesting to me because I found this movie to be uh, very confusing yes, and slow. And horrifying and, at turns. Yeah, and honestly, not a good time. No, no. <laughs> No, I'm with you, man. With, with due respect to the childhood memories of our friend Alice, um, I thought this was a real stinker. This was a bad movie. It was a. Can, um, I mean, it opened with promise because I thought it was going to do something, but then it didn't even do that because there was no dialogue for the first twenty minutes. But there was a, some pretty good sound. A man in a heavily booby-trapped castle, yeah. walking around, pensive, avoiding puppets of bats and sort of mini pterodactyls, wild dogs. A large python. He did make a fantastic noise when the python was on him. The sort of noise I think I would make, which is like, like, not a sort of scream of fear, but just like a a deep sense of most people. If you actually got slithered over by a boa constrictor, wouldn't make a sexy kind of a scream. You'd make a yeah. That's the noise. That's a really good articulation of the noise. I've had a um, 
At Steve Irwin's Australia Zoo as a boy, I had a... R.I.P. Australia. Yeah, yeah. We hardly knew ye. And also rip in peace to my boy, Steve Irwin. Rip in peace. Rip it, brother. Um... We, I, my friend Oscar and I, we got a photo with a la, a huge python draped across our shoulders, and I remember, I mostly remember age around that ten mark. Oh yeah, eleven. And um, hold up, you went to Australia on a trip with a friend of yours when you were ten. I know. That's it, he came crazy. with my he came with my family. Holy shit! Yeah, it was fucking awesome. Oscar, Oscar, do I know Oscar? You know of Oscar. I don't know if you know him personally. Wait a minute. Is it the same Oscar that's in your life now? Yes. Fuck. Do you know that Oscar? I think so. Isn't that amazing to think we have people in our lives that the other one doesn't know? There's still life in this relationship yet, Tim. I do think about often the fact that we've um, known each other for like a, 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 a little good while longer than I've known my wife. I think that's cool. Oh wow! And yeah. this, and more importantly, this podcast is older than the relationship I have with my wife. It's the only thing, and that therefore, can... if I have to choose, yeah, yeah, it's the only <laughs> thing that justifies its existence. That's true, actually. I mean, it's also yeah, because this this podcast also is uh, outlives the length of my relationship with Chelsea, of course. And um, you know, on but one, of course, on one hand, it makes you think, wow. What a powerful bond we have through this podcast. And on the other hand, you think, well, does this podcast drive people out of your life? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe we're, we're due for a big refresh of people because they will leave us because of this pod. Anyway, um, back to the movie guy. So, it's, so there it's, you and Oscar are, age 10, oh yeah. python and draped all across I was, all, all that to say, the main thing I remember about having a python on me was its weight. Mm. Its face isn't scary. They don't want to bite you. They want to. They want to strangle you, or suffocate you. And they're just so heavy because they're just muscle, right? Like a snake is just so one big long muscle. coil of muscle. Is that right? I guess so. It's got to be right. There's no reason that we would be wrong. I mean, a, a, a classic question. But how do snakes fuck? What's their situation? Snakes are egg layers. you get a snake pit, right? Like, that's a real yeah. thing where they all just writhe around and, and screw, trying to impregnate each other. Well, funnily enough, there's a, a, a famous snake scene in um in an Indiana Jones film. Mm. I believe Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Which this was accused of... um Ripping off. Plagiarizing. Yeah. Uh, because there was a flaming boulder. I don't I mean, know what, uh, Indiana Jones well enough. That is to say, I don't even know if I've seen the films. I've ever seen, I've in seen my that life. one, but there's a very scary snake pit. And also, I mean, there, yes, there is a flaming boulder in this movie, and there was a flaming boulder in Indiana Jones. There's but tons fair, of flaming boulders in this one. Everything in this movie is on fire. Mm. It seems the main reason to make this movie was to set off illegal fireworks in a legal setting. It, truly, like I, there was not this level of pyrotechnics in the Expendables. Everything is exploding in this film. It's cra- There's constantly fire on screen. This movie sucked, and it was so weird. Because, like, <laughs> as I said, the fir- so the first thing I cottoned on to was the um, composer of the score for this film uh, is the same guy who did The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, and he scored yeah. a lot of really famous, like, themes, like movie themes. An Oscar-winning composer. mm I can't remember. Oh, Inyo Morricone. Morricone. Inyo Morricone or Morricone. Could be either. <laughs> Could be. 
Anyway, yeah, the movie is confusing because it is uh, long and it's like they don't know where to put their energy when they're doing setup. Do you want to do beat by beat a little bit? Just no. super briefly? No. So here's what happens no. beat by beat. The, so the castle bit we were talking about, there's no dialogue there. And then he gets picked up. No, he like arrives in what we're presuming to be Italy because they're driving on the right side of the road but it's beautiful I think it's, I think it's, it's actually i think it's in um i think it was filmed in spain it makes sense Aye. and he has some words with some english i'm gonna call them handlers they're like old friends of his who contract him you, to do you've dastardly got to say why he was in that ca- castle in the first place he was in this heavily booby trap castle on a contract job to retrieve a crown one of four crowns all containing treasure when fused they have enough power to dispel all the evils of the world it is dragon ball z yeah but it's dragon ball z but less good that's right. Instead of seven Dragon Balls, there are four crowns. Less and good. instead of an enjoyable time, it's a, it's a long time. Less good. So instead of Bulma, we've got a woman called Liz. Instead of Master Roshi, we have a guy with a moustache who gets killed at the three-quarter mark of the film. Um, instead of Vegeta, we've got a guy who's modelled on Rasputin called Brother Jonas. Yeah. Which I thought was quite a tantalizing look into the future for the Jonas Brothers. That's right. Or yeah, I mean, or the inspiration, you know. Yeah, and, maybe and that's this where is they got such it. an obscure film that no one has traced the fact that they have cult, cult like aspirations. There is both a character called Rick Martin, Ricky Martin, and Brother Jonas is the bad guy. It's a it's sort a of, musical look into the future. Because yeah. this when was this eighty three. That's fucking way back, man. Before I was born, even. Absolutely. It's it's in. I mean, this was it was filmed in three D. It was meant to be some sort of um. Hence the fire, right? That's why there's so much fire because fire looks cool when it's coming at you off a big old screen, yeah. I guess. How and like what snakes. was the three D technology? Because this is the end of it. Apparently, according to the information I have in front of me, this is at the end of a second three D boom. I could be wrong, but I think it's called stereoscopic. I'm guessing based on the year it came out, where they have like the red and the blue fields, and then you put yeah. those glasses yeah. on and they combine it, um, which is quite shit. But it looks, uh, I, I love those images of like cinemas full of people wearing those glasses. It's quite cool, quite dystopian vibes. This was. Uh, three Depix stacked. It's technoscope sized left and right images, one above the other, on a single band of thirty-five mil film. The fuck, three de- three Depix is I don't know. But you need something to. I think the the audience, I assume, would probably need something to separate yeah, yeah. the left and right fields. I got. I see these uh, dinosaur. These dinosaur magazines. With Fuck, my pocket, I remember those. Pocket money. Did you get a little piece each time and you were building a T-Rex eventually? Possibly, but I remember that with them, there was like a 3D one where you yes, get the glasses and you'd open it up and there'd be like 3D sort of holographic images of dinosaurs in the magazine. I have not thought about that magazine for fucking years. Yeah. And you're so right. It was a good time. I had those. They were cool. I was a huge dinosaur guy. Dinosaurs were one of my main passions that I remember having. Yeah. And I was not allowed to watch Jurassic Park because my mum thought it was too scary. It's pretty freaky, man. Was, I, I, do you know, I distinctly remember not being allowed to see it at the movies for that reason. My two older brothers got to go with my, I think, from memory, Uncle Chris. Weird that I remember that. Because you, you must have been ago. jealous. But I didn't, I, I didn't go. I couldn't go. It's too young. It was scary shit in Jurassic Park. I would have been six, I think. If you love dinosaurs, to then watch a dinosaur movie where the dinosaurs are genuinely scary and a threat to people would almost sabotage 
your otherwise pure love of dinosaurs. You would have been really young to see it at the cinema because you're slightly, there's like a, how much is between us? Like nine months or something? Uh, yes. Oh, no, it's like 12, uh, 11, I think. So you would have been, a, I think you would have been about five when Jurassic Park came out. When did it come out? 94. Four or three even. Oh, well, yeah, I was real young. Um, but, you know, then it got on the hot VHS ticket pretty soon thereafter. So this film is all about these crowns that JT's got. JT's the main guy. He's credited as Tony Anthony, which I think is such a fantastic stage name. JT Striker. JT Striker, good name for the character. And he's got to assemble a ragtag bunch. It's sort of Ocean's Eleven via Jim Henson. One last big job to pay everyone off. So they've got a guy who works in a circus called Socrates, who's like the strong man, but he's way past his prime. He's and got he's, a heart problem. He's got angina. And he's, he's either got a beautiful young daughter or partner. Yeah. Never explained. Well, it might have been. We might have might have talked over that bit. I'm not sure. This movie, I will say this for it, is so slow. And so, like, there's a lot of action sequences and there's a lot. It's busy, but there's so little happening. Like, literally the entire plot is he retrieves the first crown the contractors tell him he needs to get the other three crowns. Well, there's a cult. That's you know, yeah, a good... from from a cult. Yeah, and then he assembles the tag of robbers. They go to the cult. They retrieve the crowns. A few people die along the way, Everyone and then the movie really. ends, and they set up for a sequel that never happens. Well, they d- d- yeah, cheers. That's the whole picture. Um, the the bit that guy's saying they set up for a sequel. I mean, fucking kind of. So the last bit of this movie actually kind of rules because. Everyone except JT and Liz dies, and you think JT dies. So JT gets to the final crowns, and there's a little magic key that he found in the first crown that opens two of the other crowns, and inside those two crowns are these crystals, these like gemstones. Treasure. And they're very powerful magic. And there's even a Star Wars um, scrolling text intro which explains that there's some power that, you know, man cannot handle and... Should not handle but, at the start, but then it's never kind of talked about again. And then finally, in the last bit of this film, you get it. It's these gemstones. It's just, yeah. and so he grabs them. His head spins round and round and round like The Exorcist, which is a weird thing to do for the hero of the film. And then half his face melts. He becomes fucking Phantom of the Opera and starts shooting freaking laser beams out of his freaking eyeballs, massive napalm jets out of his arms, and just fucking torches. Everyone, like he is burning Indisc- henchmen indiscriminately. There's all these people that the cult has taken effectively hostage inside the castle at armed guard, who just look like university age kids. Yeah, in the setup, when we're hearing about Brother Jonas and how he protects the crowns and how he's an evil cult leader, he's like he's been going around hoovering up anyone by themselves on the streets, mm. and now they all are trapped inside of this compound. Yeah, and then. They all look super healthy and beautiful and they're sitting in like really modern clothing and they're all super compliant and kind of just like, looks like they're on a field trip. It really does. It looks like we've arrived at the um, Oxford versus, what's that other university that does the the yacht, uh, the boat? um, Oxford and Cambridge. Yeah. It's... they're rowing race. What, what bothers me about this film is it's so much trouble to go to just to tell so little story. And also there's no like stakes or resolution in the story. It's like we don't care about this character right. who's retrieving the jewels. But do you like fire? Probably not enough to enjoy this film. I, I think fuck, if I you were love, a I love genuine fire. arson, mm. maybe then 
But even then, you're like, these fires, I'm not actually seeing the impact of them. I'm just seeing that they exist. Do you reckon that's a big part of being an arson? It's like you want to see... You want to see the raw power of... I think you're right, eh? It's that kind of... Um, I think it's the uncontrolled nature of them that you're like, that's what gets your dick hard if you're an arson. Mm. Or nipples. Yeah. Or pussy wet. Yep. <laughs> God damn, this season is ruining us. <laughs> um, but having these kind of controlled flames in a filmic scenario where it's like, I know what's happening here... Honestly, I cannot overemphasize how many pyrotechnics there are. It's it's have like you, it's like they won a million dollars worth of fireworks and then decided to make a film with that prize. Have you seen many like I feel like this is a genre I don't know a lot about and have probably missed and so maybe part of the reason that I couldn't get into this film is because I don't have a relationship or a nostalgia for like these sort of hokey special effects adventure films because the special effects department are, were working very hard. They yeah. put a lot of energy into that. My only like is the Goonies like this? No, the Goonies is good because it's like the characters are, are kind of lovable and the story sort of – well, it's not like the story's amazing, but it's just the characters are the things that drives you along because they're all written to be very sympathetic characters, flawed in their own way, but they're charming kids. Like yeah. you fall in love because they're kids. There's the, the thing about this movie is it's presented as effectively a family film. It's kind of a kid's film, but everyone is 40. And up. There's like a fucking haggard-looking 60-year-old guy who dies of a heart that's attack. What, but that's what kids loved in and the 80s. The main guy is a fucking 40-year-old action In his dude. last cinema role. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's sad. No, he, we're not, he kept making TV. He was a producer of the film, too. I can't imagine this film made money. No, it said that they didn't actually have any numbers where this I was This must have been about. a death nail for that gene of 3D. But, like, what is it? Because I can, is it about 3D? Well, I can understand why I would, how I would enjoy this movie, or why if someone like showed you the poster or kind of described it, you'd be like, oh, that sounds like a bit of sort of questy fun. Mm. But it's just hot. It's just dross. Questy fun. You got to have like an Indiana Jones. You know, you got to have a, a quip launching, flawed yeah. central character. No quips. No real s- attempts at comedy. That's the problem. Very serious. For Honestly, a very silly film, very serious. So serious. Which worked in, in some part. Because, like, you... So, here's where that shit works for a villain. The guy who they basically ripped off Rasputin to form as their villain. Like, it worked because he was intense as fuck. And you were like, you're terrifying, my man. Yeah, he's got real presence. I buy you as an evil entity. And you are rightly scary. We, we literally don't know what happened to the, the treasures of the four crowns at the end. Nah, so he gets the fucking gems which hold the supreme power of the universe to, like, you know, solve every problem. And JT makes the decision after he's torched the whole fucking castle that these things are too powerful to return to the guys who hired him. So he just throws them in a very... I, Bear with me, cold fire. By which I mean fires are at different temperatures, right? You know, you got your blue flame, which is super hot. You got your yellow, which is cold. He just throws it into like a yellow and orange fire as if that's going to do anything to these gemstones. It's irresponsible. And then, weirdly, we cut from that just before the credits roll to some random bog somewhere. We have no idea where it is. And this mud monster starts bubbling up while ominous music plays. And then... A, like snake puppet launches like at the it, camera. It's like fucking alien that bursts yeah, yeah. out of their stomachs. It's that, and, and it, that's it. And then the credits roll. It's like, what the fuck was that last thing? That's where. I, that's where. From what I understand, they were like, "There's going to be another one of these," God and damn. rightfully there wasn't. 
We're getting a bit down on it. I'm going to do nah, a shining... No, I want to continue to be down I'm going to do for a one shining more point. light. One more point before you do. Okay. What is fucked about this movie is that they don't do any talking for huge swaths of it and then do so much exposition and nothing but for like 25 minutes where they're all looking over a map. There's a model of the castle they've got to break into and there is a long discussion about yeah. how they're going to do that and the security system they're like, involved. Yeah, they show you exactly what they're going to do in a to scale model and then they go and do it. It does go awry though. And to be pretty much in. the way that they're going to break into the castle is they're going to use... Uh, <laughs> they're going to break a window. Yeah, they're <laughs> going essentially... They're yeah. going to break a window and then put a bunch of ropes on the ceiling and, like, <laughs> crawl around on the roof like fucking rats. I uh, I really enjoyed at the start of this movie, and almost on reflection it's like a comedic beat, is when he first escapes the initial booby trap castle after, like, 15 silent and terse minutes of him navigating various different traps that have been laid, one of traps that he sort of very nonchalantly steps around. Yeah. I Like, there's no emotion. How can I care about this character if he doesn't care about himself? He's not, like, yeah. he's not so cool that you're impressed that he's not afraid. Doesn't value his but life. he's not, like, afraid in a way that makes you worried that he's in jeopardy. It's just, like, a neutral old man walking <laughs> through a booby-trap castle for 15 minutes. You know, this is where you're dropping me off? <laughs> the fuck am I meant to go from here? But eventually he gets out and does this huge sort of action film stage dive, which usually times out to be at the same time as, <laughs> oh, ex- right. as an explosion goes <laughs> off. But he jumps and then there's about five seconds where he lies still on the ground and then the castle explodes ten times. Fuck, it's funny. With what look like real flame balls. That's the thing, man, because... In these types of movies, usually they use a model. Like you know, there's a big thing in Star Wars. We you know that, and we we know that they know about models because we know they 15 have minutes of screen time is spent next to a model. They've got a model not just in the movie, but in the plot. Mm. There's a model, so like you know, they're aware of these things. And in a lot of movies back then, they used models. Star Wars was a big user of models. Huge and back models. then, we, we didn't have as sophisticated an Thunderbirds. Eye, so we bought it. Massive models. Well, that's sort of a different thing. But well, what are you telling me? You tell me there weren't models in Thunderbirds? Be, hold on. Let me, let me, let really me get swing the, a dead cat without hitting a model. The thing about models is they fuck up when you light them on fire because for some weird reason, you can kind of tell when a fire is small. Yeah. Like you can sort of tell the scale of fire. And I don't know what that's about. Fire doesn't scale well. So you can tell when something's actually a big fire. Yeah. And that thing looked like a full-sized castle being exploded it for did, real. While a guy lay down in front of it for a long time. <laughs> I guess they only had one take and he was like, fuck, yeah. I jumped too early. Yeah. But he could like get, you know, like when he jumped, they pushed the button and he was That's like, exactly well, it. I guess I just have to lie here while this explosion happens. Those fucking movies, man, with pyrotechnics. I, I, um, have you ever seen? Oh Christ, what's that movie called? Oh, this is bad. I think it's a, it's a, it's like a Vietnam movie. Platoon. Nah, but but fucking Charlie Sheen's in it. Oh, that other one that he's in. Yeah, yeah, that one. God damn it. Yeah, please do look that up. So apparently the um there's like a firebomb scene in there and they really fucked that up. Like the scene the shot looks incredible in the film because they did do it for real. But they fucked a bunch of stuff up and actors were caught unawares and I believe there were some serious injuries caused um uh because of it. God damn. Guys looking it up. And I'm, I should be doing a better job of padding for time, but I just I'm I'm like the cogs are turning. 
trying to remember the name of that movie. Show me, it's a real me, famous movie. Let me see his entire filmography. Isn't it crazy that Charlie Sheen didn't die? I really thought he would be dead by now. After yeah. the whole like Tiger Blood era, it's like this this guy is clearly having a psychological breakdown induced by a combination of like what read to me, I don't want to play armchair psychologist too much, but definitely bipolar brought upon by class A drugs. Yeah, he was not he was not a super well dude. I've I've see all here we go, filmography. He was like he had a pretty cool career at up top eh? Shit yeah, dude. He was everywhere. Big time. See seen seen him in Ferris Bueller? He stayed up for like two days to get in character as a drug addled um, I used to never, love him on. I used well. to love him on Spin City. Charlie Sheen was on that. Yeah, after Michael J. Fox left, Charlie Sheen ah. came in. It was him starring against Heather Locklear. True, Locklear. <laughs> yeah, that's the correct pronunciation. That's how you say it. Still eh? haven't found that movie, huh? Hot shots. Fuck, is it a great? Is it? Mate, don't get distracted. Find the I'm movie. Going, I'm going. I'm working on it. <laughs> Fucking hell. I don't know, man. You have a look. You tell me. This is insane, dude. It's like one of his biggest movies, and it came really early on. You have to do talking if I'm looking at shit. Okay. Uh, I wanted to like this movie. I like the idea of liking this movie. Like, I'm almost embarrassed to say I didn't like it because every part of me wants to I be feel bad for Alice. someone with an appreciation for this era of adventure films. But there was something about the way it was put together that really irked me. And I'm sorry for railing so hard against it, especially if it's a treasured childhood memory. But it just, it wasn't there for me. I mean, and comparatively, I probably shouldn't be talking about this because I always chastise Tim for doing it. But I went to the cinema last night and watched a 1985 action movie called Commando starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. me for via proxy for just bringing up a different movie? That's right. I always do that. And um, that fucking ruled. That hadn't aged. The pacing of that didn't feel weird. I mean, it had aged, but, you know, not in a way that stopped it from being fun or made it feel really slow. Because that's another thing about this film is that it really reflects how our brains were probably operating on a lot higher frequency back then or, like, we were much more forgiving. No, the opposite. People would sit through this entire movie. I think we're operating at a higher frequency now because we need so much more stimulus. Yeah, but that's not a good thing. (laughs) It's not a good thing. You're right about that. We need to be looking at our phones to get through a movie. I, I, I know I said it earlier, but I just do want to highlight that this was a, an outstanding conversational platform. Once Tim and <laughs> I recognized and agreed that we weren't enjoying what was happening, so true. it kind of created a beautiful circumstance for us to catch up as friends. That is so true. We had an extensive chat about Goldeneye. Yeah. Let's just use this as a vehicle to talk about the Bond franchise, shall we? Well, I don't know anything about it, but before... You had some good insights, though. Before Commando last night, they played half an hour worth of 1985 OG movie trailers, and there were two trailers for a Roger Moore Bond film called A View to a Kill. You got it. And um, I didn't realize how much fun the Bond franchise... Apocalypse Now. That's a very famous movie. I know. That took ages. Who, who directed that? Francis Coppola. He, he loves doing that. He loves directing movies. It's what he's best Oh, it was Martin for. Sheen. That was what was fucking us up. Charlie Sheen's not in it. It's his dad. I see. I really need to see Apocalypse now. We should watch that. I mean, we should watch any number of things, Tim, but the fact of the matter is that most of the time we're together, we are not in total command of what we are watching. Yeah, it sucks, eh? 
This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Do you know what was a real blow for me when my projector broke? I used to watch movies. On the projector? Yeah. It was a sick thing to do. Why well, sick? I mean cool because I've made I live a, in the antipodes. I'm trying to watch. It doesn't sound like a lot. I know that cinephiles watch more, but I'm, I'm trying to watch one movie a week mm. for, for pleasure this year. <laughs> yeah, all right. And I'm succeeding. <laughs> Put a little stank on that. Well, not well. I mean, it sounds like I'm trying to watch pornographies off the clock, but it's I'm not. I'm just it's watching. You're, you're presenting it in a way like you're a, a newfounded vegan or something. You're like doing something really healthy, making some healthy choices. I guess you literally are what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's almost exactly the logic that informed this piece of decision making. <laughs> and it really, it's one thing it's doing is really highlighting how broken my relationship to cinema is. Yeah, and I need like to get on your boat. How we've done it. It's yeah. like. When I saw people at the cinema last night, they said, oh, you must love movies. And I said, well, kind as, of, but as, not like you think I do. As far as I know, they're all bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I, I watch a lot of them and they're terrible. But right? I, don't, I don't even watch a lot of them. No, watch, that's what I'm saying. We I watch of, them a lot. But we, Yeah, true, true. That's a good point. A subtle distinction. But, a vi- you know, words are important. How you say things is important. And it's just, I... I have so many blind spots. I didn't watch a lot of movies growing up. We mm. weren't really allowed to watch TV in the house. Mm. Do you and think then, it served you well in retrospect? No. I know you're making a wider point, but... It didn't make a difference. So you'd say screen time for young parents? Oh. Just fucking go go for your, go for your life. It's, everyone has to make their own choices. Here's the thing. I've I got people freaked out about TV, like the amount that kids were watching because it was untested. Now we know what the result is. Every now and then you'll vote in a Donald Trump, but apart from that, it's fine. Do you know what? If we weren't so busy watching TV, maybe we could have stopped the boomers from dismantling the housing market. I don't know if we've got the, there's the wherewithal co- for it. There's the consequence of that as well. We were watching you, you TV. You think Friends go- is the reason that we can't buy a house? Almost exclusively, <laughs> yes. 
Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, people will watch. I would challenge that because the people who watch the most television are boomers who coincidentally own the most houses. That's or maybe right. it's not a coincidence. We, yeah, they, they watched a lot of TV, and then we went on our phones a lot, which was our TV. It's the phones. The phones is the weakness. That's mm. the bad bit. The phones is just where we read all of the information about how hard things are, yeah. and then we all get really angsty, and they're like, stop looking at your phones and go and visit us at our house. You know what, Guy? I kind of lightly mocked you moments ago for watching a, a film for you once a week, but fuck, it's a good thing to do. <laughs> The situation you're in, the situation we're in, you've done a good thing. Yeah. And I, I need to, because you invited me to come and join you at the movie last night. I did. And I should have, in retrospect, I should have gone. Sure. I did get some work done, which was good, but I, sh- I should have gone with you. Well, I don't mind it. I, I want to go like with One of the things I've, of I've learned to love, or I already knew to love, but I've actually actively started doing as much as I like to do it. Going to the movies by yourself. Oh, fuck. It's One so of life's good. great luxuries. It's so good. But this was quite a culty screen that was full of other movies. Also, guys. I just want to acknowledge our privilege being in New Zealand. This is a bit of a rarity around other bits yeah, of the world yeah, at the yeah. moment. But you can but you can just... Here's, the, here's how to recreate the cinematic experience at home. Turn your phone off and then mm. put a movie on. Mm. And that's it. And then, yeah, and then play a soundtrack of someone mumbling. <laughs> or just rustling some Yeah, yeah. Candies. Have a Bluetooth speaker like three metres away with yeah. all of these sort of little white noise quirks playing. But, yeah, I mean, going to the movie last night by myself was like I'm still in a crowded movie theatre, but going to, like, a more movie at 11 a.m. on a Tuesday? Oh, like an empty cinema. That's when you go into a movie by yourself. That is the fucking business. Here's what you want to do. Bring a beer. Because oh. they don't care. Like, it's yeah, loose yeah. as fuck. They no one's know. in there. They don't give a shit. Um, definitely smoke a J as you're like going in. Maybe not in the no 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 cineplex, no, no. no. But on the street. Respect the law. Respect the well. Respect the rules. Respect the mall. Don't respect the law. <laughs> you can smoke your weed. Respect the mall law. Yeah, respect the law, <laughs> but not federal mall. law. Exactly. So you want to get a bit baked to go in? Yeah, like eleven o'clock, man. I mean, we get to do it because we don't have jobs, <laughs> and it's so fucking fun. If you do have a job, here's the thing that we don't get, sick leave. Treat yeah. yourself. Take one yeah. fucking sick day if you get the opportunity. Because then, then you're being paid to be at the movies by yourself. And that absolutely rocks. God, that's good. Yeah. You know how um we tried to reverse invoice Blaze Pizza? Yes, dude. And that economic model didn't work? Yeah. And I just kind they- of realized that podcasting is kind of reverse invoicing but it's almost working. Oh my god! What are you talking about? In what way? It's a podcast. No one asks for the work of a podcast when you start. Definitely true. You start doing it. Yes. And then eventually, some people are like, "Oh, we see what you're doing." And then after you've done a lot of the work, the invoice comes in. I guess. I guess you're right. That's um. Uh, I think blind to a couple of facts. Number one, the incredible behind the scenes work I do to chase down. Ad platforms, ad, ad, ad money, shit. yeah, yeah, yeah. Number two, that you're kind of just describing all art. I think it's like all starts with people tinkering away on a on a kind of hobby or a passion, and then they get more into it, and then eventually they're like really, you know, pouring themselves all creative, in, not getting paid, yeah. And then suddenly they're doing it good enough and uh, publicly enough and regularly enough that people are like, you should get money for this. And the people who get you in the intervening years. When you're getting good enough to be paid but not being paid, and they go, you're, you're lucky to be doing this because one day if you do this enough, people will realize that you should be paid. And mm. you're like, 
does that not mean that you should be paying me? And they say, no, 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 no. not for me. The next one. God I'm, damn it. I'm doing my bit by being here. I would love to exploit an intern. Financially, intern. exclusively. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very important <laughs> distinction there. You're so right, man. Internships are not a thing that is part of the New Zealand culture. We don't do it here. Because it's a bad idea. <laughs> like, what an insane power dynamic. Hey, I'm going to get someone to come in and do work at this place for nothing. You're going to work as hard as anyone here. Harder. Because you've got something to prove. You're like on some crazy contract thing where we have no obligations to you whatsoever. And it's up to you to prove yourself while you are. How are you surviving? Yeah, like, yeah. how do you have any money to live? This is, I think, this was a. This is one of the. Uh, I know for Americans this isn't e- news, but yeah. for us it's bloody. It's wild. one of the economic problems with internships is because the people who can afford internships are people who are from very wealthy backgrounds, and yes. it locks out a lot of other people. Yeah, of course, of course, it's crazy and that the it end persists it, in America. They it's write nice. a piece. They write on a piece of paper. They say, "I tell you what, if you pay this person nothing, they will work their fucking tail off." <laughs> I God, guess, yeah, God knows what they're capable of if you introduce a financial incentive. Yeah, <laughs> it's diabolical. Oh, I love to laugh. Crazy that it persists. What was your shining light of this film? Dog, I love fire and there was so much of it. So just the, the frequent presence. I like that they had um, a villain... Who was legitimately like scary? I, I like it when villains commit because everyone else mm. they, they're, they're doing fine. I agree. Shit. I agree. But like the villain really brought the noise. The villain was very, brother brother Jonas. Very clear in their reason and very like convincing in their performance in a way that none of the other characters were. Like there was no clarity to the other characters. He brought an acting gun to an acting knife fight. Yeah, and the because st- the stakes weren't really clear for everyone else. But for the villain, you didn't even need to know the stakes because you're like, well, this person really believes in what they're doing. Yes, he was a cult leader, and I think that was made abundantly clear. And actually, there was a really nice cinema cinema moment where, like, as part of his cult leadership, and to sort of, I guess, uh, convince new pledges or university students who are on this field trip, where this recruitment field trip, uh, there was a very sickly woman, and he was performing all of these sort of mystical. Miracles are to heal her, and with time, he does heal her, and she's very sickly and really like almost exorcist level sick. And he she looks he- like she's got leprosy. He heals her, and then as she's kneeling in front of him, and they're looking very closely at each other, she winks, and it's a ruse. And in that respect, they really do pull the pull the curtain back on on cults. Yes, because that is how a lot of those faith healers operate. Mm. Maybe not all, but maybe all. But that but was definitely like, some. It was a convincing story. Yeah, exactly. That was a that was good. Where otherwise there was none. There we go. There's a fucking shining light for you. We got we got one. And I liked our conversations about Dragon Ball Z and Goldeneye. Yeah, we did talk a lot if, about. If you want to treat yourself to a really good uh, original score, or not original score, original song written for a movie, Tina Turner's Goldeneye, man, it's good. And and when you listen to it, I want you to remember that when Goldeneye came out. Everyone kind of thought the doors of the Bond franchise were shuttered. Who was the la- was it Timothy Dalton? I can't remember who the last one is, but they sort of, I mean, it wasn't all on them, but they sort of created and they the franchise that a little in bit. In the trailer of GoldenEye, where Judy Dench says, people think you're a dinosaur Sexist, from the misogynist Cold War. Yeah, dinosaur. From the Cold War era. Mm. 
Yes. Judy Dench's first outing is M in the Bond franchise. And, P- and what an outing. Pierce Brosnan's like, oh, really? And then, and then proceeds to fuck all of the yeah. uh, talent. Is that how it works in all the Bond films? There's, there's usually um, there's two Bond women. One of yes. them's a goodie and one of them's a villain. And he has to have sex with both. Correct. That's part of the format. And often there's more than just the two, but there's always, yeah, a goodie and a baddie woman. Yeah. And you know he, he, he's got to get his end away. When do you reckon? Bond gonna, can't operate with blue balls, when are, when <laughs> which are real. When are we going to get to a point where um, uh, Bond is bi? Like when is, when is Bond's first uh, sexual encounter with a man going to happen? Fuck. Or do you reckon we'll get a female Bond before that happens? In this new movie, apparently there's a, a woman takes the 007 moniker, like the, the number, the, um, yeah, yeah. the title, for a bit. But that's a rumor. I would love to be in a forum when Bond goes by. Yeah. Fuck, that is gonna really rankle some old boys. Yeah. It's gonna be there's gonna be some really <laughs> grim conversations taking place. <laughs> I wanna watch them. I wanna see it. I wanna watch people getting upset about a about Bond spy. kissing a boy. You know, I was thinking. I actually, I woke up the other night to write this down. It's pretty homoerotic do you know what? in retrospect. Actually, do you know what? There's a lot of like shirtless dudes rocking around doing cool shit. Pretending to be asleep is the original and ultimate spy move. <laughs> okay, you know what I mean. I know what you're saying. Ah, well, said he's asleep. Well, we'll just say or do whatever we please. We go, oh, really? Am yeah. I asleep or are my eyes just shut and I'm listening? You're right. You're right about that. That's where spying comes from. That is that, the, or- the, original the origins of spying. All right, everybody. Um, for this movie, we wouldn't recommend seeing it. Alice, I am sorry for the words Alice, that we said. thank you for your help in establishing season six and thank you for recommending a film. I'm sorry we didn't enjoy it. but How much did we drop the ball by not having Emmanuel as season six so we could make that gag? Uh, we really fucked up. No, nah, don't, I, I, don't, I don't regret it. I don't feel bad. I mean, I don't regret that part of it. I don't feel badly about it. Um, yeah, that's, I think that's, that's quite enough conversation. Tim, out of the uh, four crowns in the film, how many crowns do you give this movie? Two. That's high. I'd give it like one of the jewels within a crown. Fuck you, dude. I kind of had some stuff. Turned it from an out of four into an out of eight. Yeah, true. All right. (laughs) Treasure of the Four Crows in Supervision 3D coming soon from Canon Releasing to blast you out of your seats. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.